Well, good morning and happy Sabbath. It's good to be with you this morning, especially on the heels of the week that I had where I came face to face with just how messy life can be and how life just doesn't a lot of times meet your expectations. Let me kind of walk you through the contours of my week and the geography of my own heart, maybe see if, if some there you can land and if we can maybe connect today and find hope in the fact that life can just be messy. Came face to face this week with three things. I came face to face with some sin in my own life, came face to face with suffering, and, and even came face to face with death, and all that is in the messiness of life. I, I think just to be honest with you, I, I live with expectations. I live with expectations of, of me. I live with expectations of other people. I think I have to admit that I have expectations of what I think God wants, and I just have expectations of what life is supposed to be like. And I came face to face this week in the messiness of my own heart of how I often project those expectations onto other people. And gosh, I realize that a lot of times when I'm projecting my expectations onto other people, I'm not really relating to them. I'm not really receiving the truth of who they are and, and what they are in life. I'm, I'm actually relating to them through this image of who I want them to be. Someone I love very dearly, and I had a very um, distinct and beautiful conversation this week about what those expectations do to them, what those expectations do to me, how that affects our relationship. And at the conclusion of that, that was a really messy conversation. I just, in humility, asked for forgiveness because it was the only authentic response to love. And I realized that in my own sinfulness that I have expectations of life and people and what that can do to people. Secondly, in the messiness of the week, in the messiness of life, someone that I love very dearly, a different person, um, found out that they have cancer and just even mentioning the word cancer, I know that a lot of us, boy, that touches home real close, right? I think it's probably not a person here today who hasn't either dealt with cancer in your own family, maybe in your own person, or just knows somebody that you love who has struggled with that. And even if it's not cancer, if it's another form of suffering, like we all know suffering. And I was just struck that none of us ever expect that to happen to us. None of us expect that to touch us, it's always going to be something in somebody else's life, right? And none of us, when we're dreaming about life, dreaming about getting sick or dreaming about cancer. And just in the messiness of life, that hit home real close this week with someone that I love very dearly. And thirdly, I guess maybe you might say the ultimate uh, messiness of life is is death itself. And, and this week... Uh, Someone that I love very dearly, a childhood friend of mine who I wish I had just more time to spend with over the years I was able to reconnect most recently in the last several weeks and have been reinvited into their family and was able to cherish some final memories and masses at their house and celebrate the life of their mother before she took her last breath this past weekend. Even in celebrating her life and her now eternal life in heaven, I just realized that, that none of us dream about that. None of us 
when we have the expectations of what life is going to look like, factor in all of those really messy things. And I think in, in summary, what I'm trying to share with you, my heart, my week, is that life can be real messy. And a lot of times, life just doesn't meet our expectations. Heck, I, I don't think I meet my expectations a lot of times. Now, now what about you? <laughs> how messy was your week? Or how messy is your life? Or... Does, does any of that kind of ring true? Like, like all of us, all of us sin. Every one of us lives in the wake of our own mistakes in relationships with people. Every one of us has hurt the people who are closest to us. Every one of us probably struggles with expectations. And every one of us probably has this image of who we want our spouse or our kids or our family or other people to be. And... I think a lot of us relate to who we want people to be rather than just appreciating who people are in their own reality. I think every one of us knows suffering, whether it's physical suffering or cancer or any other form, or, if, or maybe it's just the isolation in life and the interior or emotional or spiritual suffering. But gosh, every one of us knows that life can just be real messy sometimes. So here's the thing, y'all. If the gospel's going to be real, it's got to be real in real life. And life doesn't get any more real sometimes than when you and I admit that it can be real messy. Life is not going to meet your expectations a lot of times. And what if today Jesus Christ himself could speak to us about messy life? And what if today, not only could he speak to us about that, but what if we could walk out of church with just one thing that was like a light shining in the darkness that could kind of help us navigate this week in the midst of a messy life? Would that be something that you'd be interested in? Would that be something that might help bring some direction and grace to your life? The good news is always good and it's always new. And today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 13. As we continue, Jesus is teaching of the parables. Today he gives us lots of parables in Matthew chapter 13. And I want to zero in on one of those parables, which is, of course, the parable of the weeds and the wheat. Now, we've heard it a bunch of times in life. We just heard it a couple seconds ago. And, of course, Jesus paints the picture of the, the farmer, the the wise farmer who allows the weeds to grow right there with the wheat. And I think what struck me today in the gospel was how unconcerned the farmer is that the weeds are growing with the wheat. Of course, it paints this image of the enemy who has sown that there. But of course, when in the gospel he's asked, do you want us to go remove the weeds? Every good farmer would say, yes, go ahead and do that. I don't want it to choke the weed uh, to just remove what's not supposed to be there now. Every good farmer would act immediately in that. But as Jesus is painting the parable, he certainly makes it look like the farmer is, is almost unconcerned that they're there, knowing that there will be a time when we, he will take care of business. But I guess in the wisdom of the farmer in the parable, he's just going to let the weeds grow right next to the wheat. And one of the things that you and I can take from that is 
that those two things are going to be a part of life, right? The wheat, grace, God, the kingdom, God's pure love, what, however you and I can wrap our minds around that. And, and the weeds, which are, of course, sin sown by the enemy or just drama in life or evil, whatever we want to use to kind of wrap your minds around that image. But those two things are a part of life. It's just the way it is. Life is, is messy. The weeds are going to be a part of the wheat. And what Jesus is trying to tell us today is, number one, he knows that. Number two, that in some mysterious way, God allows all that to happen. And of course, number three, and most importantly, there's going to be a day when Jesus is going to separate the weeds from the wheat of course, in eternal life, which is where our eyes need to be cast upon. But even in the midst of it, while we're waiting in the midst of the messiness of life, Jesus just reminds us that sometimes life is not going to meet your expectations because those weeds are just going to be a part of the wheat. Life doesn't meet your expectations a lot of times because I think a lot of us live with an image of what life should look like, right? But when we're dreaming about life, we don't, <laughs> we don't expect the weeds. We don't expect sin. We don't expect cancer. We don't expect death. A lot of times when we dream about life, when you dreamed about your marriage or what your kids are going to do or where you would be at 30, 40, 50, or 60, when you were dreaming about the second half of life or the first half of life or whatever it is, life rarely meets your expectations because, you know what, the bad things in life are just as much a part of life as the good things. And if we don't expect or prepare for the weeds, then a lot of times we're going to get sabotaged in our expectations because we don't factor those things into life. You know, here's another thing. Like, bad things happen to good people. And, and, and while I'm not going to hang my hat on cliches like everything happens for a reason or God never gives you more than you can handle, like, we can talk about those things later on. Those cliches, they don't take away the weeds. Uh, I think they, there are some grasping way that, that we've tried to uh, attempt to, to distance ourselves from the, from the disappointment of that. But here's here's what I do know is that um, sin's real and that there are consequences to sin in my life. There are consequences to the sins of that people have committed against me and, and evil is just a part of the, a part of life, right? And at some point, I think we when we face unmet expectations, we have to ask ourselves, where are we going to turn? We're either going to turn in on ourselves and try to fix life all by ourselves or I think that's what midlife is. We'll go buy a boat or a Harley or something like that. Or or we're just going to turn toward God, right? So I think a good question for us in the midst of all that is, what do we do with the mess? What's our response to the fact that sometimes life just doesn't meet your expectations? And if I could offer us any words of encouragement today, I think this would be my words of encouragement. Number one, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I think it's real easy for us in our own inability to deal with the disappointment of of unmet expectations to throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
So when, when your spouse doesn't meet your expectations or when your kids don't meet your expectations, when, when work or yourself or when the church yourself doesn't meet your expectations and, and it's just kind of messy and all that, don't throw the sinner out because of the sin. And I think that's the tendency because I think a lot of us are ill-equipped to deal with the messiness of life. We just want to move on to something else, hoping that it's going to be perfect, and then ultimately we're disappointed because it's not perfect, and we just can live on this up-and-down treadmill of just moving from one thing to the other, looking for perfection that we're never going to find. And we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because people sin, just because the church sins, just because life is messy doesn't mean we toss it out and move on to something else. Here's another word of encouragement, I think, to us in the messiness. And that's the fact that mercy is the answer. <laughs> mercy is the answer for messy. It's the answer for pain, and it's the only answer for sin. Y'all, we all need mercy. And here's the thing, we all need more mercy than we deserve. I think the third encouragement that I would offer us today is that they only call it mercy when you don't deserve it. Let me say that again. They only call it mercy when you don't deserve it. And I think the faster in life that we can stop trying to earn God's mercy or the faster that we can stop other people from, from earning our mercy, if they just did this, then I would bestow mercy upon them. You know, I think when we stop trying to earn mercy, I think then we'll get what mercy is, right? And you I only call it mercy when you don't deserve it. And in the messiness of life, when life doesn't meet your expectations, all we're left with is the choice to choose love and the choice to choose and bestow mercy. The question is, where are you in your life? And what point of your life is perhaps not meeting your expectations? What part of your life right now is really, really messy? And right there, where is God? Are you aware of him with you? Or are you trying to clean it up before you invite him to, to, to be a part of it? Or is this this expectation in you that God can't even be a part of the messiness in life because of who you think he is or who you think you ought to be? The parable today, Jesus is sharing all this with his disciples because he loves us and he loves you. I'll close with this insight that I was reminded of this week that, that God is never surprised. I remember when I was in the seminary, and I think I was there for maybe four years, and I think I came face to face with my first real big struggle with celibacy and the questions about marriage. And, and I remember thinking to myself that I'd been there for four years, and as I was just now struggling with celibacy, 
And asking questions that I should have been asking the whole time. I remember being afraid of whether God was going to be with me in it. And it was then that I was reminded that God's never surprised. It's not that God called me to the seminary and all of a sudden four years into it, I'm struggling and God's up there going, man, (laughs) I didn't see that coming or that God would have been at that point been surprised. God's never surprised. When God called me, he knew that four years into it, I was going to hit that patch of questions. God's never surprised. And if God's not surprised in my life, that means that God's not surprised in yours. And if you're face-to-face with some messy stuff right now, if you're face-to-face with the weeds growing right next to your wheat, God's not surprised. Why should you be? God's with you in the midst of the mess. I want you to close your eyes with me just for a second. Just close your eyes. I want you to imagine you're standing before the cross. Just kind of clear your imagination right now and you can actually see the wood in front of you. You can feel it. The texture of the rough, rugged wood and even a splinter perhaps even touching your skin. as your eyes gently go from the bottom of the cross up you can you can see Jesus on the cross and he's messy on that cross and he's looking at you right now from the cross with his eyes Jesus Christ is with you. 